You're listening to season three of On Our Best Behavior. This is Kelly, and I just wanted to thank you for your continued support. You can also support us by going to the link in any of our bios and subscribing to our link tree. You can also purchase an On Our Best Behavior sticker for $5. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Hey guys, welcome back to On Our Best Behavior. I'm Mac and you're here with Kelly. <laughs> that was good. You're getting better. I tried. Was it good? <laughs> yeah. Yes, it was good. I loved your energy. And next time, I would just say all that energy and then say... Did I say it too slow? No. You just need to say it like this. You're listening to On Our Best Behavior and you're here with Mac and Kelly. Okay. So you just yeah. said you're here with Kelly. <laughs> I guess. My bad. Oh, Mackie, I'm happy to see you. This week has been a single mom week. Justin's yeah. in a different state for work, and it's just the two of us. I've been getting you to school by myself every day, trying to feed you by myself every day, trying to keep you alive by myself every day. Yup. Trying to not choke you every day what <laughs> just kidding like last night when i got mad at you and i was about oh, yeah. ready to come yank that cord out of the wall for your xbox yeah i thought i, I like, thought you yelled oh, for me. my gosh i yelled for you and i yelled so loud bella was stomping her foot like don't do that i was wondering what that was about <laughs> <laughs> you could hear her stomping. But I was like, I thought I thought she was just yelling at like the dogs because I heard her stomping. So I was like, that's what I thought it was. And I heard you yell a little louder. I was like, okay, I'm going to go up after this. Makai! And you were like on your way downstairs. I was. And I started coming up. I was, you're, I was like, you're lucky that you got up here because if I got down there first, I was yanking that cord out. Were you just going to go up there? And- I was just going to. Yep, that was my plan. I was hot. Uh-oh. <laughs> so I will never stomp on the ground for you to come upstairs because I have childhood trauma from my parents doing that. So I hated when they would do that. So I refuse to stomp for you. And also, I really love to sing as loud as I could in my bedroom. Really? I thought I was just blending in with the with the musicians. And then they would stomp on the ground and be like, Kelly, shut up. You sound like a dying cow. <laughs> A dying cow. <laughs> because I heard like la la la, and they heard ma. Oh, <laughs> traumatizing. Ma. All right. So I learned a new word this week. What is that? Riz. Riz. And I didn't know what it was, and I came home and I'm like, "Hey, I heard a new term today. Riz. I never hear you say it." And I said, "What does it mean?" And what was your answer? It's like you're really good at like pulling bitches. Yeah. And I kind of felt like a failure as a mom. Like, so I just want to kind of revisit that mm-hmm. and tell you that you shouldn't call girls bitches. Because, Why? Because we're not bitches. Yeah, I know. We're nice young women who deserve respect. Yeah, you do. It's just like a, a sexier word. Sexier? Yeah. Hmm. Well, I just want to let you know that if I ever see you or hear you call a girl yo bitch hey bitch no not like i that. would slap you no no why would i ever do that okay well i'm no. just saying i just want to make sure that when you use that term you realize like that's actually not okay to say to to women yep okay you always treat women with respect and kindness 
Mm-hmm. Why is it so weird? <laughs> Smell? That thing is weird. What's going on? Your the thingy? essential oil. Yes. It's, it's bringing the vibe. No, it smells weird. Uh, I'm down 33 pounds. 33 pounds. We are going to Florida. And I'm really excited because... How long are we going for anyways? Uh, four nights, I think. Oh, no, it's too much. <laughs> Shut up. I'm kidding. Okay. Uh, so I'm really excited because usually when I go on a vacation, I have to like buy all new clothes. But I'm just really excited that I'm going to actually fit into all my cl- summer clothes. <laughs> so beach body coming. <laughs> Want to oh. know some shit that happened? Yeah, let's hear it. I was downstairs doing some laundry. Oh, not this. Yeah. I also have something crazy to tell you okay, as well. Okay, it's, it's related to this. Are you going to remember? Or yeah, I'll you, okay, remember. Okay. Yeah. You already know what I'm going to tell you? Yeah. Okay. And I'm down there and I'm barefoot and I'm walking and all of a sudden I step down and it feels like my foot is getting like shocked or like there's like some electrocution happening and I'm like oh what is that and I pick up my foot there is a goddamn bee under my foot it's a rattlesnake. and it stung me it stung me like do you know if I tried to like randomly step on a bee barefoot like impossible what are the odds of that happening so it hurts so ba- bad so I'm like hobbling back upstairs I'm like Maggie look at my foot do you see the stinger in there because it's still hurting so bad and you're like, I don't know. So I'm like, go get me fingernail clippers because you know me, I'm just going to dig it out. And so mm-hmm. I tried to dig it out. I don't know if I got it. But so then I'm, you know, on the doctor Google, like, oh my gosh, what do I do? This hurts so bad. And it said that if you mix hot water and baking soda together and kind of make a paste and you paste it on the sting, it neutralizes the bee sting. And it worked. Like as soon as I did that, the pain went away and it hasn't hurt since. But what the fuck? That's weird. All right, you want to hear, ready to hear my story? Yes, yes. So you know that blanket that you're talking about, that red one? You're like, you can always use this one because I got it for you. It was so weird. I was taking it out, and there was like a dead bee on it. What the fuck? Yeah, I know. I know what's going on. Huh. So on this side of the house, huh? I've seen bees going in. So they must Uh-oh. be getting in. And I've tried to like spray it with like wasp killer. So, But I don't see them in the winter. So that must be the ones that still got in from the summertime. Yeah. So in the summer, we're going to have to keep our eye out for that. That's weird. They're probably living in our house. Yeah, probably. But at good. least there's only at least we've only seen like one here or there. And better than mice, better than snakes. A couple bees. Better uh, than mice. No. Yep. They poop everywhere. Oh, good point. And they like get in your cupboards. And they poop in the food, and they get in the food. No way. Bees. Audi poop. Way I'm kidding. Oh, my gosh. I was joking. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah. That's all I got to say about that. Uh, I thought it would be fun, since your New Year's resolution was to get your permit, your driver's permit. Mm-hmm. I thought it would be fun to ask you a question on the podcast every week about, uh, like, a practice driver's permit I question. Have, I don't have the class yet, I bro. know, but I I'm going like, to prepare you so that when you... Get there. You're it's really be hard. Like, I've tested like, every day. I need your help on that class, bro. It's apparently like the hardest, one of the hardest classes. So I took this driver's practice test online uh-huh. to get the questions, and I'm not gonna lie. Like I didn't finish it because we had to hurt, we had to get going because there was like 40 questions. But I took some pictures of them because I'm gonna ask you one a week, one every week. Okay. okay. 
And I think they're going to start easy and get hard. But if you're listening to this, it's surprising what you think you know and like you're wrong because once you get your – like I had to take my – once I got my driver's license, I never have had to take that test again. Mm-hmm. And I've never had to take my permit test again, my driver's test again. I'm sure things change or I just don't remember from when I got my license, uh, you know, 500 years ago. So 500 years ago. <laughs> so what it feels like. All right. So first question. Ready? In. Yep. A dashed white line next to your lane means that you can make left turns, you can change lanes, you can increase your speed, or reduce your spread. Spread. Wait, wait, wait. Your say speed. the question again. Say the question again. A dashed white line on the yep. road. What does it mean you can do? Like a dash like this? No, like it's like dash, 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 dash. Like white, you know, like the normal road. Oh. So it's blacktop. So it's, well, I guess usually it's yellow in the middle. But sometimes it's white. Those dashes. Oh. So when they're white, what does it mean? What's does it mean make left turns, change lanes, increase your speed, or reduce your speed? Change lanes. Good job. Good job. I'm so proud of you. I was locked in. Bro. I have I told faith. You. I have faith. Like I honestly was like, I don't know if he's gonna. I get knew that one. That was actually really easy. Oh, because I was gosh. like, you can't, you can't go over a straight line. It can't be like if it's filled, then you can't go over it. That means you can't change. Yeah. Yes, good you job. Can't how did you learn that? I, I learned it from how you drive. The best driver Yo, ever. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay, well today. We have a very special guest for you. I'm so Uh-oh. excited. I'm really sorry if I have interviewed you, but this is my favorite interview I've done so far. Really? Yeah, it's with Finnegan. Oh, great. <laughs> so anyway, um, I hope you enjoy this and we'll see you later. Bye. You're listening to another episode of Honor Best Behavior, and today I have a very special guest for you. He is a self-taught welder, engine builder and fabricator, former Hot Rod Magazine technical staff editor, co-host of Roadkill, YouTuber at Finnegan's Garage, and champion drag drag race boast, I can't even speak, champion drag boat racer, Mike Finnegan, welcome. Ah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. (laughs) <laughs> so introductions tell me what i missed or got wrong there uh, i gotta be honest most of that i've forgotten so it sounded way cooler than it feels so <laughs> thank you well good yeah see, i like to remind people of all their accomplishments you know uh i have the worst memory ever so like legit a lot of the things you said i was like oh yeah i did that that was really fun <laughs> So uh, backstory for me, how I know about you is my husband is a big car guy, has been his whole life. And whenever he has the remote at home and we're watching a car show always. And so, you know, I've seen a lot of car shows and I found myself saying, if we're going to watch a car show, can we at least watch Roadkill? Like, I feel like it's relatable. It's funny. It's always an adventure, always something sweet. And um, more recently, I noticed him watching Finnegan's Garage, which is your YouTube channel. And I'm like, hey, is that Finnegan from Roadkill? Why is he opening a bunch of packages? What is he doing? And he's like, oh, yeah, he does this too. So <laughs> I love that. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah, I um, 
uh, for a while I had four jobs and I'm, I'm down to three now cause I was Woo. just kind of burning out a little bit, but yeah, I, I still do roadkill every month. Um, it, it's one of the few, might be the only motor trend show still that doesn't have real seasons. Like we don't ever shut down. Uh, yeah. we work, we, we do a new episode every month. Um, and then I do my YouTube show and then I have the apparel company. Um, and then I'm a dad. SM, and a right? husband. Yeah. Yeah. I've bought, I've bought merch for my husband from there. So, <laughs> oh, I appreciate that. Thank yeah. you. And, uh, pretty much all that goes right into the crankcase of my, uh, Bel Air, which is usually broken, but not today. Woo. You're getting today, there. Today is not broken. I'm so excited about that. <clears throat> so let's, let's turn back time to the beginning of Mike Finnegan. Mm-hmm. You you grow up, you go to college, you get mm-hmm. a degree in journalism. Mm-hmm. Is that what you wanted to do? Did you want to write for magazines or edit or what was your what was your view of the future? Um, I never had one really, and, yeah. and I still don't. Like, if someone says, you know, what do you want to do in five years? I I don't know. I I don't look that far ahead at all. I'm, and it's probably not a great way to live your life, but I. I'm usually looking three to four weeks ahead and that's about it. Um, and, um, so I, I, I did go to community college. Have a puppy. Oh yeah, we have two. And, um, <laughs> we were, we were in our neighborhood about 20 minutes ago singing Christmas carols Aww. and I, and I left to come here. And so I think everyone's getting home any minute now. And we have two dogs, two young rescues that are going to go ballistic when my kids come through the door. So I apologize. It. Yeah. It's um, okay. But Huge yeah, I, over here. Yeah. Oh, they're so great. <laughs> um, I, no, I, I didn't have a plan. I just, I thought I graduated high school and I thought, well, you're, you're supposed to go to college, but, but I was the kid that I never saw my guidance counselor in high school, except for the few times I got into fights and, um, I didn't take the SATs. I didn't even know where they were, or how you did that. I, I don't know. I just, I just did what I thought I was supposed to do, which was go to community college. And I was in there for, <laughs> I don't know, a solid three or four years, you know, <laughs> er, not earning an AA until finally I met a guy named Courtney Hallowell who worked at a magazine called Mini Trucking. And I, I met him at a car show and and he's walking around with his camera and he's taking pictures. And I said, you know, what are you doing? And he said, well, I, I go to car shows and I t- take photos of these cool trucks. And then I go home and I write stories about them and I put them in a magazine. And I was like, that sounds incredible. That's an How option. Do- That's a yeah. job. Yeah, that was one of those things where it's like, I didn't even know there was a job for that. That's incredible. And so I asked him, you know, how do you get that job? What do you what do you got to do? And he basically coached me through my last two semesters of college um, via email and told me what courses to take. And I graduated. And as soon as I graduated, um, I went and applied for a job at Mini Truck and Magazine and was really underqualified for the job. Um, probably not a very good writer. Definitely not a great photographer. but. Um, I had built this mini truck and they saw the truck and they were like, well, we can teach you to write and take photos. At least you're into this. So that's the truck is what got me the job. Um, and that, uh, looking back on it, building cars is kind of, that's kind of the theme of my life. Like I, I, I just realized cause I was talking about this the other day to somebody was that I met my wife while driving a boat that I had built. I got the job at mini truck and because I had built a truck. And so um, and then you yeah. had a wife because you built a boat. Yeah, yeah. I literally <laughs> built a boat and was driving the boat, and my wife was just sitting on the shore of the Colorado River with some friends whose boat had broken down. And so I gave her a boat ride, and then that was it. She fell in love with me because you know why wouldn't yeah. you? 
And didn't you, did, you, <laughs> did you fix their boat too? Ah, no, I just left okay. them there. I, okay. I took the girls took her, for a ride. Yeah. Yeah, I took the three girls for a ride and left the dude to work on his boat. Um, You're like, um, okay, of you three, I pick you to be my forever. Welcome. Yeah, she was really cool. <laughs> Still is. Um, so, yeah, I, no plan at any given moment. I'm just like, whatever's in front of me, that's that's what I'm doing. And then maybe a few weeks after that, you know, but not not really further than that. <laughs> So I always ask people about their, like what kind of, what made them decide what path they wanted to go on? Because I do this podcast with my son and he is 14, almost 15. And that is a constant conversation in our household is what are you going to do when you grow up? What are you going to be when you grow up? And I, to this day, as a grown woman who has a job with kids that I'm trying to like get them to figure out what they want to do. Like, I still don't know what I would want to be when I grew up if I could start all over, right? That's a, that's a challenging question. And like you said, you don't even know what half of the jobs in the world are. Like, oh, that's mm-hmm. an option. I didn't even know that. So I always like to kind of know how people get their start so that I can like show my kids like, see, this is how this person did it. This is how this person did it. So that yeah, is super it, interesting to me that that's how it all worked out for you. And, and it's, I, I don't think it's a bad idea to, you know, early on figure out the path if you can do that but i you know my my parents were fairly successful people and and you know they were on a path and they were savers and um you know that generation i think um baby boomers i guess is what you call them you know they were you know get a job get married have kids you know retire hopefully um yeah Right. And that just, it just didn't work for me. You know, I, I did everything later. I had kids later. I got married later. I, you know, I, and to be honest, I'm, I'm real big on experiences. Um, cause I figure, you know, you're born, you live, you pass away in between there, have as many memories as you can make as many memories as you can. None of this you know, the cars and whatever, none of that stuff's coming with me. Right. Um, you know, and so my godfather used to always tell me, it's just paper, Kelly. You can't take it with you when you go. You really can't. And pe- people say that all the time, but I think a lot of people get caught up in whatever they think success is. And I think most people are wrong about what real success is. And it, it has nothing to do with money. You know, you need, you need enough to feed yourself and, stay warm during the winter and and whatnot. Everything else after that is just what kind of memories can you make and how much money do you need for those memories to happen? Because um, my dad is a great example of why I live this way is he saved his whole life. He worked six days a week, rarely took a vacation. And when it was time for him to retire, he found out he had Parkinson's and then he did all the things that are on paper, right? But he really didn't get to start enjoying whatever retirement would have looked like, um, uh, you know, because it was too late. And so I, I just look at him and I'm like, I'm not waiting. You know, I'm, I'll make sure my kids have a roof over their head. But beyond that, you know, there's not going to be any money for them. <laughs> <laughs> Dad had a lot of fun. Don't worry. <laughs> there's really not. There might be some crappy old cars. Good luck. Go ahead. Sell them. Whatever you want to do. But uh, mom and dad are going to have a lot of fun while we're together and we're able. Because that's the other thing is, is like, you know, the older you get, you know, 
the less physical, physically able you are to do things that, you know, you once enjoyed or that you could enjoy. You just don't know, right? You don't know how much time you have and you don't know what's going to happen. Right, right. So I'm, I'm a big believer in talk to everybody. Don't say no to a lot of things unless they'll kill you or send you to jail. You know, go ride a jet ski, (laughs) you know, go snowboard down a mountain, just do whatever you can to make as many memories as you can. And if that involves cars, awesome. Cars are great. Yeah. But, you know, I don't know. So I f- I'm going to screw your kid's like, life okay. all up if you listen. No, to no, this. no. I, I, I mean, I would agree with all those. I think those, that's very good advice. You know, but I also, I also like maybe I'm a little bit like your parents where I'm like, okay, well, it's good to live life like that, but also have like a backup plan maybe is okay. Well, you know, I'm not saying don't be a productive member of the household. You know, it, here's the thing. It's like, College isn't for everybody, you know. I'm I'm gonna teach my kids if they want to how to weld. Yeah. And then no matter where you are in the world or what's going on in your life, you have something that can earn you money. And pretty good money. And mm-hmm. uh and so, you know, even if you don't know what you want to be when you grow up, if you can learn some sort of trade, some sort of skill, you'll be fine. Your whole life right. you'll be fine. You'll have a way to earn money so that you can go make those memories. Um yeah. All right. So Hot Rod Magazine. Yeah. All the car guys that I know, dream job to work mm. at Hot Rod Magazine. How did you land that gig? Um, wow. That was, that's another don't say no thing. Um, <laughs> I had uh, – Unless it's I drugs, got, kids. Say no to drugs, but everything else can be. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Again, there's there's steps to this. You know, uh, if it'll kill you or land you in jail. Yes, right. Like you said, you know, that's true. Just say no to that. It still fits that, yeah. Right. Um, but Hot Rod came about because I had gotten the job at Mini Trucking Magazine. And then I worked there, I think, for two years, learned everything I thought I could. And then I moved to Off-Road Magazine and started learning about off-road trucks. Had a lot of fun there. And then I moved to Hot Boat Magazine and learned what I could there. And I just kept moving around. And uh and it really, none of it was really financially motivated. It was just, what can I learn? You know, what, okay. what can, what can keep this exciting? You said that. So at, so when, once you start moving around, not to interrupt you, but is that because, cause they had said when you, they hired you at your, at the mini truck job that you didn't necessarily have all the requirements, but they liked who you were and that you were into it. So then did you start to build on experience? Yeah. Well, you know, what happens is. You know, you start working for mini trucking and the recipe to build a mini truck is pretty standard. You know, you lower it, you put wheels on it, you paint it, you do a big stereo. And and after you write enough articles about trucks that are built that way, you realize they're pretty similar and you don't want to write another article about a truck that just might be a different color, you know, might be the only thing that separated it from the last one. And so... Then I went to Off-Road Magazine and learned about long travel suspensions and different ways to fabricate things. And that was exciting. And then, you know, after that, it was like, okay, let's – I just kept moving every few years just so I could learn more because the stuff just fascinates me. It's what keeps me up at night. You know, I'll wake up from a dead sleep and go, I want to learn this. I know how to try this. I I just figured out how to fix that thing on my car. And and, um, that's where my passion is, is, you know, problem solving and learning skills on cars. And so eventually I landed um, at sport truck magazine as the editor, 
which was pretty cool and a really good staff of that magazine. And um, I was there three or four years. And then the company that owned the magazine shut the magazine down, laid off the entire staff, um, which is weird because we were profitable at the time, but they just shut us down. And so we all got laid off. And for about, I don't know, four hours, I was pretty bummed out about it. And then I was like, well, I'm just going to go get another job and go do something else. And um, I got a call from somebody that knew David Freiberger, who was the editor at Hot Rod Magazine. And they told me Freiberger was looking for a staff editor. And I was like, I'm, that's me. I'm there. You know, like I, I knew I could learn from David Freiberger. I knew that, you know, Hot Rod Magazine was cool because you could hot rod anything. You know, while I was there, I wrote about rototiller racing. I wrote, (laughs) yeah, in in Arkansas, they race rototillers. It's ridiculous. Um, I I wrote an article about, I think it was belt sander racing, like literal (laughs) construction tools. Like, you know, you you could literally write about anything in that magazine. It was fantastic. Um, And I stayed there for, oh man, I don't know how long I was there. Basically, I stayed there through the first two years of Roadkill. And then Roadkill had me so busy that finally I just I had to quit Hot Rod and just do Roadkill because Roadkill was super fun and and um and it took over my life. So how did the concept of Roadkill transpire? What role did you have in its birth? Um my role was pretty min- minimal in it, to be honest with you. Um I worked for David Freiberger. We took a road trip and um, a couple of the guys that worked for the company, the company had a video department uh, and it was, these guys were literally working in a closet. Like that's how big the video department was. (laughs) And um, we took two road trips. One guy went on one, one guy went on the other. They filmed it, edited it, and it got put on the hot rod magazine, YouTube channel. And at the same time, YouTube paid, I think, 20 channel partners to create big channels with original content on it because YouTube wanted to go head to head with cable and convince people to cut the cord. So they wanted original programming. And um, a guy named Angus at our company saw what we were doing, said, figure out a name, keep doing it. We're going to put that content on the Motor Trend channel on YouTube. And that was how Roadkill was born. We were still editors at hot rod magazine monday through friday and on the weekends we just went and filmed videos and there was no plan we didn't even know we didn't know what the show was we didn't know what to do we just were going to film the things we would be doing regardless of whether or not it was our jobs and so we just suddenly we had a little bit of money to buy cars and fix them up and road trip and it was just freedom it was like well no one's no one's telling us what this is supposed to be about. So we're just going to go do what we think is cool. <laughs> and and that's how Roadkill was born. I was literally in right place, right time. That's all it yeah. was. So were they giving you like a budget to spend on the show? Yeah. And, and I don't know what it was because I wasn't in charge. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, I mean, it, that's a pretty fun part. Like show up and have fun. Yeah. I mean, I, there's a lot of freedom there. <laughs> to this day, like I... Most of the time, unless it's my idea for the episode or they ask me to figure out the car, where we're going or whatever it is, a lot of the times I just show up. Like the last episode, I picked where we were going and then Freiberger picked the car 
So I just showed up not knowing what we're going to do. And Freiberger bought a boat car and we road tripped it through the dead of winter in Missouri and froze our nuts off. Yeah, I was going to say, sometimes it doesn't always look fun, but you la- at least you guys do laugh a lot, you know? Oh, even the ones that, that, you know, there are people that are like, that couldn't have been fun. I'm like, no, nah, dude, I enjoyed it. It was, it was just tor- the torture, get, you get so cold and the torture gets so bad that you can't do anything but laugh. Like that, the last one, it was a Nissan Versa, just piece of crap compact car that somebody stuck a late fifties boat body on top of. So it had no windows and no roof. And I had five layers of clothes on and just couldn't stay warm. There was nothing I could do. I was not going to stay warm. And so you're just driving down the highway laughing because there's nothing else you can do about it. <laughs> you know, you have to get Getting there. That isn't going to change the, yeah, change the situation. That's true. No, no, no. Um, laughter is a good coping mechanism. So, um, but yeah, a lot of times that, that's just how it goes. Yeah. That is, I think that is, yeah, I just really love the concept of roadkill. And as somebody who is, you know, I'm not personally into cars, but it has kind of consumed my life with the people that I've chose to be in it. And yeah, it's very, it's very fascinating. And I think that what I like about roadkill is somebody who that's really not my thing, but I still enjoy watching that show. Yeah, I think. I don't think you have to be a car person at all yeah, to watch the show. Like in fact, it. a lot of people, that's been the coolest compliment is I've had so many people tell me, because in the beginning when it was on just on YouTube, it was kids watching it, like five-year-old yeah. kids. And they would, I'd meet these parents in real life and they would tell me, I didn't think I was a car guy, but my kid got me watching this. And now I just went out and bought an old Chevelle and we're, we're putting a carburetor on it this weekend. And, you know, you guys made me realize that I can do this too. And I said, yeah, you can. I'm like, I'm not professionally trained in any of this stuff. Um, and I screw stuff up all the time, you know, and, uh, but we're not building rockets here. We're not curing cancer. You know, like if, if you do it wrong, in most cases, you're probably not going to die. So yeah. You know, pick or up a wrench. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So pick up a wrench, get some friends. Learn something new, have fun. Yeah. And I, yeah. And I think that's awesome. Like the guys with the kids and the kids are watching the show and then they're like, hey, dad, we want to do this. And then that's giving them a bonding experience or something to learn together, even. Yeah. 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 That's the best. If, if Roadkill has any kind of legacy, that's what I hope it is, is that it, it got kids and parents to hang out again and maybe think cars are cool. And I want to say I've seen in episodes where you guys will like call out like, hey, we're in this area, we're stuck, we need this part, or we need help with this, or whatever, whatever. And and people will come and help. And I think that's cool that you have um, just kind of got the public involved with what you're doing as well and making them feel part of something special. Oh, dude, that's, you know, I, I, a lot of people, especially now, criticize the internet and social media. And and to a large degree, they're they're right about most of what they're saying. But there's still really fantastic connections with people that happen as a result of that. You know, you can you don't even have to be somebody on television, you know, thanks to the Internet. If you're broke down somewhere and you need an oddball part, you just find the right Facebook group and somebody's going to help you. You know, somebody's been in your situation, knows what you're going through, knows what you're feeling right now, and they're going to help you. So I I love the internet for that. (laughs) Yeah, I I agree with that. I always think, 
I'm older. So when I was in high school, there was no internet or even cell phones. So yeah, I think there can be a lot of negative with the internet, but there also can be a lot of positive if people use it in the right light, right? Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, it, when I was in high school, you and I are probably close to the same age. You basically, if you went on a road trip, you you were like a pirate. You know, you'd print out like three pages of yes. MapQuest and hit the road with <laughs> a treasure map and hope the hell you got there. Like, you know, every now and again, I, I've told Freiburger this. I'm like, I want to do an episode where we don't have smartphones. Yeah. All. You know, we have a Thomas guide and some tools and nothing else because it, it, you know, it's, it's very cool to have all that knowledge and power in the palm of your hand, but it's also made us soft. And, and I mean, everybody, including the guys that do roadkill, like it's too easy now to get yourself out of a jam with a smartphone. And, um, you know, I'm a big believer that at some point, the world needs to know how to make the things, not just play with the things. You know, someone needs to be able to fix the hardware to go with all the software we, we're enjoying right now. And um, and so hopefully people, hopefully people learn a lot of skills. <laughs> and I was just talking to my friend last night actually about this. And I'm like, do you remember when um, back in the day when you'd have to like print off your instructions off of the internet, like on Yahoo Maps or whatever. And then you're trying to read like the directions in the dark. Then you can't even see the street signs. You have no idea where you are. If you got lost, like you had to try to locate a payphone, hope mm-hmm. that you had some quarters and hope that you were in an okay part of the neighborhood. So that's, oh, I'm it's like, a kids miracle. never have to worry about that anymore. Oh, yeah. We've got tracking chips and kids now. And I mean, like the idea that, you know, People still get lost now. It just blows my mind, you know, like people get lost all the time and they come down my street because it, my street at one point was a high, it was a highway a long time ago. Oh. And now, now it's not a highway, but occasionally the GPS will send people down my dead end street and they're just, I don't know. Where do I go? What do I do? I'm like, How am I in a neighborhood? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you turn around. There's the a dead way. end. Where do I go? <laughs> yeah. Like, like there's that. I don't know if you ever watched The Office, but there's an episode oh, yeah. where Michael literally drives his P2 cruiser into a lake because the GPS sent him that way. But I'm like, dude, that happens yes. a lot. I guarantee that happens a lot in real life. Oh, gosh. Yeah. The other thing that I think is funny is uh, my kids, even my coworkers will be like, I wonder, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, guess what? You don't have to wonder anymore. They have this thing called Google and we can just mm. find out the answer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. I mean, you don't even have to leave. You don't have to go. You don't have to leave your house. You don't have to go to school. You pretty much don't have to know anything anymore, you know, unless the power goes out and then everyone is screwed. Yes. Yes. Right. (laughs) All right. Circling back roadkill favorites, favorite Mm -hmm. roadkill episode. Mm. Uh, It's probably the one where we went to hot rod drag week because it's one of the few times we had real success on roadkill, but (laughs) Yeah, but there's a lot of just really good ones. Like the first time Freiberger and I ever went to Dirtfish um, with his General Mayhem car, that was probably the most fun I've ever had driving anything in my life was there. Um, And I'm super nostalgic for when he and I went to Alaska and we made it. That was just an epic trip that we'll probably never be able to repeat uh, just because nowadays we don't get as many days to make an episode. Uh, Those are probably my top three. So would you say episode and memory kind of go hand in hand? 
Is there any like off camera memory that you have with Roadkill? Um, that stands out. I have such a horrible memory. But, uh, <laughs> you did mention that. Yeah, there's one time. It's I think it might be in the credits of the episode, but there is one where um, it's early on in Roadkill, and we had bought this Jeep rod that somebody built, and um, and our plan was to drive to this bar that I used to hang out at in Parker, Arizona. And it's a middle of desert. The whole bar is just man-made runoff generators in the middle of nowhere. You can only get to it on a dirt road. And um, our plan was to go there, run up a huge bar tab, and then <laughs> give the Jeep to whoever paid the bar tab. Oh, sweet. Yeah. So when we got there, I, I was on a mission. I was like, we're we're not giving this thing away cheap. You know, like, we yeah. spent some coin on this. <laughs> so he and I sat there and we bought some hoodies and shirts for the crew. So there's there was probably... I don't know. It's probably 150 bucks worth of apparel in this tab, but we ran up a $400 bar tab between the two of us. So that means together he and I sat there and drank 200 plus dollars worth of alcohol. We were faded. Absolutely. I was just retarded drunk. And, um, (laughs) and when it was over, uh, the owner of the bar was a weirdo and he wouldn't let us film there. Wouldn't even let us film in the parking lot. So the guy that paid the tab, you know, we needed to do the exchange. Here's our, here's our cheap, you know, you pay the bill. So back up. How do you get someone to, are you telling them if you pay the tab, you get the cheap or how are you tricking them into this? Oh, we, we put it on the internet well before oh, we ever okay. got there. Okay. You got show it. up there, pay our bar tab, you can have our cheap. Got it. And this is the early days of roadkill. So it wasn't like 3000 people showed up, you know, I think 15 people showed up. Um, and this one guy follows us to uh, a location like a mile down the road. We didn't drive the Jeep because we were drunk, but uh, I ended up getting a ride to the location in the back of this Ford super duty, which is <laughs> driven by this dude's wife or girlfriend. I forget what. And um, there's like a newborn baby in the back seat next to me and <laughs> some guy riding shotgun up front. And as we're driving down this dirt road, the guy riding shotguns just firing a pistol into the air, into the canyon oh walls gosh. in the desert. There's this baby riding in the back who's, you know, kind of crying, crying not. I'm trying to trying to chill the baby out. So the baby's grabbing my <laughs> dirty finger, you know, holding on to my finger. There's guns going off. I'm drunk. Like, it's, oh all gosh. this is happening, right? Is this real? Am I dreaming? <laughs> no, this is real. This really happened. And then so we get there. We make the exchange. We film the end of the episode. Um, and then the video crew has to, you know, pack up all their gear. And now we don't have our Jeep anymore. So we're going to ride home with them and their van. There's only two of them. And there's, so there's plenty of room for Freiberger and I. But as we're sitting there, Freiberger and I are watching them pack. And we're kind of sitting up on a bluff overlooking this minivan down below. And we're watching the sunset. And we're drunk. And I don't know what happens. But, like, when guys just sit around and are bored, they th- start throwing rocks. And because we were drunk, we decided to throw rocks to see who could land the rocks on top of the minivan. But the problem with that was, you know, the guys were there trying to load their gear into the minivan. So we're basically throwing rocks at these guys, which is not cool. And nobody gets hurt, but we upset them, you know, rightly so. like, who invited these assholes? (laughs) Right. These assholes are drunk. They're throwing rocks at our rented minivan. And, uh, And so... By the time it's time to go, they're upset with us. So we pile in the van and on the way out of this dirt road, it blows a tire. Well, they're so mad. They're like, you idiots are going to, you're changing this tire. We're not changing it. So 
But that was smart. <laughs> you should know how to do that. Oh, yeah. Well, so the problem is it's an import minivan I've never worked on. Nobody knows where the spare tire is even at. We're in a parking lot of a gas station. Freiburger's puking out the window. And I've, I'm trying to change a minivan tire drunk. <laughs> and none of this is in the episode. Yeah. But uh, we fixed it and, and we made it home. It was great. How was the next morning? I don't remember. Well, that's good. It's <laughs> not been too bad. <laughs> I, I think it was fine. I think it was fine. Uh, favorite roadkill car? Hmm. Oh. Oh, that's hard. Probably the – it'll be a tie. I'm, I'm going to punk out here. It'll be the Rotson, uh, which is a 1971 Datsun 240Z. It will be Stubby Bob, which is a 1950 Ford F6 dump truck. And blasphemy, my yes, 55 Chevy. Of course, it'll be one of those three. That's I like fair. all of them. I wish I could have all of those. I, not even because I want to personally own them. I just don't ever want them to disappear. Like right now, the sure. the company's selling a lot of cars. Um, they're downsizing because the fleet over the years has just grown to the point where they can't really store everything. You just um, have like a big warehouse full of all these roadkill cars. I haven't been to it, but I've heard there's from all the shows like roadkill and all the other motor trend shows, they've just been holding on to all these cars and they're out of space and moving. And so they've been selling a bunch of stuff recently. Um, and I've been told, I don't really know, but I've been told the, the really memorable ones like stubby Bob and the Rotson aren't going anywhere. Uh, and I hope not. Cause I really like those cars a lot. You're like, talk to me before you do anything with those. I've told them that. And I, you know, I don't know if they'll sell them to me or not, but I just hope they don't disappear. I don't have to own them. I just don't want them to go anywhere. They're still fun. I want to have with those things, especially the Rodson. Like we've never really made that car fast for a very long period of time. So I'd like to work on it again. So you do roadkill. Now you start up Finnegan's garage. Mm-hmm. what triggers you to, to, to do more and how has that channel evolved from the start to where it is now? Well, that one, um, I, uh, I moved to Georgia after living in California my whole life. And, um, when I moved to Georgia at the time I was doing roadkill and a show called hot rod garage and hot rod garage is filmed in El Segundo, California in, in a, in a studio. And so when I moved, I said, I, I can't do that. I'm, I can't keep traveling as much as I'm traveling. So I'm, I'm going to quit Hot Rod Garage. And um, once I did that, I in Georgia, I had time on my hands. And, um, and right about that time, the company had migrated all their shows away from YouTube and put them on a streaming service. And I, I was worried when they did that. I didn't, didn't necessarily think that was the best thing they could be doing. And so I started a YouTube channel as a fallback plan, you know, so that I could Ooh. start a business for myself a that, plan. that I was in control of. And, um, and I didn't have any really lofty aspirations for it. It was just, I'm just going to try this cause it looks fun. I didn't even know at the time that you could really make money at it. And, um, this was 2016, I think. So I got into YouTube pretty early and, and it was just me goofing around in my garage and I've just consistently done it ever since then. Because the thing about the thing about the industry I'm in, when you do one of these shows, and we'll just call them television shows for lack of a better term, you don't really have any job security. 
you know, at the end of every season, whoever owns it looks at the numbers and decides whether they want to continue it. It's, it's not up to me whether we do another season of roadkill. And so every year I operate as if it's going to end because it could. And um, it hasn't yet, thankfully, and I really enjoy doing it, but it's it's not up to me whether it ends. So there's no job security there. So the YouTube thing has been overwhelming to try to make it good and keep it going while being a husband and a dad and do roadkill. And for a while, I did another show called Fast with Finnegan. And uh, I was doing all of this stuff because I was paranoid about being out of a job, basically. Mm. Because now you have a family, right? Now you have a family. Now you have kids. Right. Did you you have your kids when you started Roadkill or did that come later? No, that came later. Yeah. Like once you start building your family, then, you know, you kind of have to refigure your um, priorities. Oh, yeah. It all changes. Like, you know, it changes in ways you never even imagined it would change. Like the moment – I'll never forget it. The moment my first son was born – and they do, you know, they do that thing called skin to skin where they just put the baby right on the mom, you know, and they do it with the, the dad too. Yeah. They do it with the dad. They started doing that when I had my son and, and I didn't know anything about it. So I, you know, my son's born, my wife's holding him, and the, uh, I cut the cord and then, I don't know, 20 or 30 minutes goes by and all of a sudden they're like, all right, dad, sit in this chair and take your shirt off. I'm like, I'm married. What are you doing? <laughs> and, uh, and so they're like, no, no. Just, what is this place? <laughs> yeah, just chill out. You're going to hold your son. I was like, oh, cool. You know, so I sit in the chair and I take my shirt off. And the moment that kid touched me, it was like an electric charge went through me. It was wild. I just started bawling. Mm. And uh, and I never thought I'd love anything more than my wife. And she'll probably say the same thing. But those kids are just, wow. Turned my world upside down. <laughs> and now... You always appreciate your parents a little bit more once you have your own kids. Oh, yeah. Turns out everything they said was mostly right. You know? oh, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, now I'm everything I do is motivated by, you know, how much time can I be at home, you know, or, or how much time is this going to take away from me being home? And so I, I say no to a lot of experiences now that probably would be great career-wise but they take me away from my kids and my wife and my kids are old enough now where they notice, you know, they're, yes. they're eight, they're yeah. nine and 12. They notice. So, mm-hmm. and so, uh, yeah, things are different now, but they're good. They're, they're yeah, way good. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Uh, how do you balance the fun aspects of your job and the work involved in your job? Because it can't uh, always be fun. I mean, you make it look always fun and you do laugh through the trauma, but I, I, I figured out it's, here's how you stay employed. You, you make sure you're passionate about what you're going to be doing. You know, you, you cannot fake it. Uh, people will see right through it. And, um, and it's the flip side of that is it's like, well, if you just do things that you find fun, you don't have to fake anything. (laughs) And so, um, I really can't think of times where I was like, this truly sucks and I don't want to be here. Uh, I don't think it's ever really happened. Um, and so I think that's why the show just lasts as long as it has. Sorry, my dog's barking. It's okay. Somebody's at the door. Um, yeah, I think I think that's the reason the show's still going is because it's still really fun. I still wake up in the middle of the night going, 
I want to make a car float across a lake, you know, how do we do that? You know, or I want to drive underwater, just whatever it is, you know, like as long as you keep striving for stuff you haven't done before. Um, and that just makes you laugh when you just think about it. Like, dude, we're going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Cars are a large and expensive hobby. Now you throw boats into the mix. When and how did you start like financially, like, you know, it, it, everything is super expensive. Mm-hmm. Everything takes up a ton of space to store. Mm-hmm. You know how it is. You start one project and now you have 10 more. Mm-hmm. How did you financially float prior to a little bit more like comfortable lifestyle? Uh, I moved to Georgia. That was a big part okay. of it. Okay. I suppose California is um, expensive. Yeah. Oh, it's ridiculous. Um, when I, when your we parents Cal- still live in, your parents still live in California? No, um, my whole family ended up in Georgia before I ever got there. Okay, and, so you were the last I, one to the party. Yeah, yeah, I was. Okay, and I, and I didn't, as usual, we didn't have a plan to move. Um, but uh, when my dad got sick, that was when we were like, okay, let's let's go. And uh, so that we moved shortly after we found out. Um, but uh, people ask that all the time, like, how do you do what you do? And and the truth is, you know, for a long time, I had four jobs. Um, down to three now, but, um, it's just cheaper to live here. The house that I live in, the mortgage on that house costs the same as the rent on my apartment in California. Um, I was in California three weeks ago and 87 octane gas was almost $6 a gallon. I paid two sixty five last week for gas. Ooh, here in town. Yeah. That's it's like, just, that's like BOGO. Right. Buy a gallon, get a gallon free. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just it's wildly different here, the cost of living. And then I do a lot of this stuff myself. Um and 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 that's really how you know, in the beginning of Roadkill and when I lived in California, I had one truck and I had a boat. Those were the only projects I had. And when I wanted to do another one, I sold something, you know, so I sold my boat. Um and now, you know, I've I've worked hard enough and stuff has come across projects that, you know, were fairly inexpensive that now I have a lot of junk cars here <laughs> that don't run. <laughs> and, uh, and then I ha- I have some nice stuff now, but I don't think you're ever going to see me go out and buy a Ferrari or, a, you know, a supercar or that's just not me. I, not I usually, day. I usually don't even buy new things. Um, I've, I had a used trailer for a while before I ever bought a new one. Yeah, you just got a new trailer. Yeah. First time ever. Yeah, and that was, you know, that that was weird, you know, to to buy something brand new and and as soon as I got home and tried to register it, I I I realized why well, I don't usually buy new things. I got taxed for it. I was like, oh, "Damn." <laughs> um, so yeah, I usually usually buy used stuff. And like you said, just take your time and work on it and learn a lot of stuff on your own. Yeah. And that was the big thing for me was I couldn't, you know, when I was younger, I couldn't afford to pay anyone to do anything. So I just bought books and learned, um, you know, YouTube wasn't really around. So I wasn't watching how to videos on how to build engines. I learned from other people and, you know, I built my own engines and blew them up and learned the hard way how to do a lot of this stuff. And that's, that's how I funded going racing and drag boats and stuff like that. Yeah. I was the guy, I was the guy that when I got to the racetrack, I was flat broke and I wasn't buying anybody beers at the bar. My friends (laughs) still give me crap for that. You know, 
Um, and, uh, I didn't have any money to party. All I could do right. was make, make the, the boat run. Um, so now when I, when I see them all, I try to buy as many drinks as I can because I'm making up for all the time. Yes. I didn't. <laughs> You're like, see, I don't forget. I remember. Yes. Yes. I was going to say something about that, but you know, like my mind just kind of, it, it leaves and it never comes back, but no, it's all a- right. Tell me about blasphemy. Because that's your pride and joy, right? Yeah, that's the one that uh, I think out of all the cars, that's the one that will stay in the Finnegan family, you know, or at least, you know, my kids will get it. Uh, what they do with it, I have no idea. I probably won't be around for it. But um, but yeah, you just that's, got that. You just got that thing like running to go fast and you're happy. You're excited about it, right? Yeah. I, to be honest, I was most happy to pick my kid up from school in it. That was yeah. really fun. Um, it's currently not fast. Um, and, and, you know, for a number of reasons. It, uh, it's it been to the drag strip, I think, twice in the last month. Um, and it, it's ran, when I say it's not fast, it's ran pretty good. It, it's run 877 in the quarter mile, oh. which, is, which is fast. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It's not how fast I want it to be, which is why I say it's not fast. But, uh, you know... There's a lot of potential there. I just need time to like iron out some problems that the car has got with mostly with the suspension. And, uh, and I broke the trans in half at one point, um, <laughs> which was fun. <laughs> oh. My husband wanted me to ask you, how is the Cadillac coming along? Mm. I worked on it today, actually. Um, I am currently building the headers for it. I, I built uh, the turbos are mounted. And I built on the driver's side of the motor today, I built primary tube number seven and number five. And I was working on number three when it was time to go Christmas caroling. So with, with any luck, uh, not this Sunday, but next Sunday, I'll have a video about building the headers. And hopefully one of those headers will be totally done. So, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Like, uh, I'm really trying to only work on that car until it's running. I'm trying not to work on anything else. But the other things like blasphemy. If that car would just work and it was good, then I wouldn't even touch it. But I keep trying to make it work a little better. So when I'm not working on the Cadillac, it's because I've been distracted by stuff like blasphemy. <laughs> what is your daily driver? Oh, it's, you know, I love this question because no one ever asks. And the great thing about it is like, if I take a picture of my driveway, let's just say blasphemy is the driveway and I take a picture of it. Most people will notice well, there's a 55 Chevy there, but then other people will go, I see the taillight of a Toyota Tundra over there. And then they start <laughs> fighting in the comments. Like that's not his. There's no way he'd ever drive a Toyota Tundra. And, and God, be honest, that's, that's my daily. I've had, <laughs> I've had two of those. I had one for 10 years and, um, and it in 10 years, it needed brakes once tires three times and nothing else. Like it's a, it's a great commuter truck. So my daily is a, a 2021 Tundra. I bought yeah. the la- last year of the five, seven V eight before they switched to a turbo six and uh knock on wood. It's been good. I am also a Toyota owner. So I hear you. <laughs> I, I like them. I mean, they, they're comfortable. They run good and they just don't break. Cause like all of my other stuff is old and it breaks. And you have to have something that when it's your turn to pick the kids up from school, you have to know it's going to start. Yeah. You don't there. want your kids to be wondering, where's dad? Right. <laughs> or, don't. oh, dad's down again. Yeah. Well, they know that. They just, they don't <laughs> want to be involved in it when it happens. You know? Yeah. 
they hear all the time, uh, dad broke down on roadkill again, you know. I know that was my thing too, is I'm like, you, you do you with my husband. But one time I had to push um, and I was like, why? Like, this is why I don't want to ride with you because now I'm pushing your car. <laughs> my wife, at least yeah. once a month, I'll call her and I'll be like, hey, baby, I need you downstairs. And she's like, you need me to push your car, don't you? I'm like, yes, I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> and I'm always like, I know I'm so strong and you need my big muscles. Here I come. Exactly. Exactly. Do your kids think you're cool? I think so. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't usually ask them, but um, but my my youngest loves blasphemy, and he will ask for rides to school and blasphemy. Aww. He loves it. And my oldest has already called dibs on my Toyota Mini truck. Um, and uh, he is aware of what Dad does for a living, and um, and I and I he likes it. I think he likes the attention. You know, if we. We don't go to a lot of car shows, but when we do, like we go to our local car cruise, Captain and Octane, and he's aware of what's going to happen if we go there. And I think we're going to come up to you. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think he likes that. Um, But as far as, you know, how long that's going to last for them, they're they're about to be teenagers. I might not be cool anymore. (laughs) Yeah. You never know. Right. I keep waiting for him to just be like, oh, dad, don't bring that loud, crappy, stinky car to my school again. You know? (laughs) Right now, my youngest is at an age where, you know, the, the steering wheel comes off blasphemy and he thinks that's cool. His, yes. classmate, his classmates, I let them sit in the car. They like to take the steering wheel on and off, you know. So we used to have an old El Camino and my husband would go pick up the kids, my kid from school, our kid from school. And then any of the other kids would be like, who else wants a ride home? Jump in the back. And they would love that. Oh, yeah. And we'd be like, are you embarrassed? You know, does it embarrass you when you get picked up in the El Camino and we're like, just get in the back end? And he's like, no, it's cool. And all my friends love it. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Oh, all right. Finnegan, is there anything else you want to share? Um, I don't have any pants on. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) I was like, I thought about that, but I'm like, just in case I have to get up, I don't want to be in that situation. (laughs) I'm kidding. Fully clothed. Uh, No, no, I'm I'm cool. I'm cool. And then I know you said you only live day by day, but what's next for you? Anything you're looking forward to? I am looking forward to uh, doing a little bit of drag boat racing next year. I am looking forward to going to a drag and drive event in Blasphemy. Um, I don't know when either of those things are going to happen. So, um, so you'll just keep looking forward to them. Yeah. Just keep my head down, keep working on both of those things at some point. Hopefully I get to drive them. And other than that, make more memories. I love it. Thank you so much for your time and coming on the podcast and talking with me. This was a great opportunity and, uh, my family's going to be jealous that I'm the only one who got to meet you. Oh, Oh, thank you, dude. I, I appreciate it. My husband is-, is coaching basketball right now, and I'm like, well, you know, I'll show you the video. <laughs> oh, man. Well, thank you very much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Absolutely. Thank you so much. You have a great night. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Wasn't that so great? He's like the nicest down-to-earth guy ever. And now maybe I'm a car guy. Really? Yeah, maybe. Don't so I feel like I really want you to like be like when we watch Roadkill or Finnegan's Garage, like that should be giving you inspiration to be like, yeah, let's go work on that. 
Yeah, but I don't nothing. <laughs> I feel like it's really that's uh, how you learn. It's difficult. That's how you learn. You have to let learn a lot to it. I'm always like that too. Like I just want to know how to do everything. I don't want to take the time to learn it. But anyway, all it, right. It's not even that. Like it's hard to learn. It's just that I'm not super interested in it. Okay, what are you interested in? It's pretty obvious. What's the second thing you're interested in? You really, oh. yeah. hey, when I said you have to kiss that microphone, you really don't have to have your lips on it. I always have my lips on You it. do? Yes. Oh, I never noticed that. Um, I'm going to say I'm interested or my ne- my next favorite hobby is RC cars. Oh, But okay. mine, it's broken or else I'd use it. Is, are you practicing kissing your girlfriend? No. The mic? No, I'm just really close. <laughs> yeah, why are you, are. why are you on me right now? Always. You're glazing. I, I'm not. That's not what it means. Glazing means like sucking up and i'm definitely yeah, not know. sucking up to you i'm making fun of you yeah i know you're being the opposite of a glazer right now cringe yeah <laughs> negative glazer uh-huh. all right do you have a would you rather for me when i think of the word glazing it I makes think me think of like yeah i do too yeah <laughs> speaking of when we go to florida shipley's and crispy cream oh yeah all day donuts all day yes all right do you have your would you rather yeah you ready for it i'm ready Bring it all on. Right. Bring it on. Drum roll, drum roll. All right. Kiss a frog. Would you rather kiss a frog or hug a snake? You know I ain't doing nothing with a snake. I hate them. Hate them. What's your Kissing a frog. Mm. I'm hugging a snake, man. You. You. What do you mean? They're yeah. both gross. At least I'm going to put is my it? lips on a fucking slimy ass <laughs> ant thingy. Frog. How big is the snake? Because gardener snakes, how do you even hug a gardener snake? Like, you can't even get your arms around it. it. it is it like, it like a big your... boa constrictor? Like, no, one of those big sickies? You hug it. How do you hug a person? You hug it like... I know what I'm saying. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like no. a gardener snake. Yeah, what about it? How do you hug it? It's too thin. It's like the size of your pinky. Like, how do you hug a pinky? They're not very wide. I don't know. Okay. So I didn't I feel say like... it was going to be gardener snake. <laughs> but that's why I'm asking what kind of snake it is. A bigger snake? Okay. Obviously something okay. that why you want to attack you. Well, big snakes can strangle you. Yeah. So all of a it's going to be around your neck. You know? <laughs> 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 all right. My joke is in honor of having Finnegan on the podcast. Um, and it's a funny one, but it's a... Uh, you'll see. You'll see. All right. All right. Are you all here? It's a, uh, you'll see. Are you ready? Are yep. You ready? I'm ready. ready. I'm not ready. Why are you not ready? Because I have to find it. Here it is. Okay, ready? Uh-uh. How do boobs get around? I don't know. Motorboat. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what a motorboat is? No. I I don't even know what to say for that one. That one's a little... I have some motorboat motorboat stories for you um, that I'm not going to share, but maybe when you get older. Okay. All right. Thanks for stopping by and listening to another episode of Honor and Best Behavior. Mm -hmm. We'll see you soon. We have some really great guests coming up. We have Eric Skoogquist coming up, and we have... Eric Cartman. um, Heidi, Minnesota Fun Mom. So stay tuned for that coming up soon. Bye.
Thank you for listening to another episode of On Our Best Behavior. Make sure to sub- subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to get your sticker for $5. Venmo and DM us your address to receive. Also, you can follow us on all social media platforms. You can email us with any questions or contents, or if you want to be a guest on our podcast at onourbestbehavior at yahoo.com. We are on Instagram at onour underscore bestbehavior. You can follow us on TikTok and Facebook at onourbestbehavior. I'm on Twitter at Podcast Kelly. You can follow Mackie, Matt McCoy, uh, on Xbox at Zero Blitches, or he's on Snapchat at MacDog underscore O. Two, one. Have a great day.